Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Kurt Roloff with Duality Technologies. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Ms. Lori Wade, Chief Data Officer of the U.S. Intelligence Community. Lori, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Great. I'm uh, very happy that we've had this opportunity. Excited to talk with you today. What's the importance, particularly, of non-traditional data sets, maybe even things like open source data? Um, as part of your interoperability and, and, and pulling that in um, as helping the uh, intelligence community accomplish its mission. And, you know, how, how do you see this basically influencing the, the growth of the data strategy uh, of the intelligence community going forward? I think, we, and I've been involved in this for quite some time. And of course, we have our open source uh, enterprise, and there's been several studies that have been conducted. Um, and we've been, I've been involved in almost every single one of those. Um, and the way that I, well, certainly because of what I mentioned, it's just about the where and the volumes of data have, that have been created over time, right? So um, I mentioned the different pathways, the five, 5G, Internet of Things, um, you know, during the pandemic, uh, you know, where data is created and how it's shared and where it lives has grown exponentially, right? And so uh, because the open source enterprise has been a part of the intelligence community um, and even open source, right, since even probably before the intelligence community was created, um, all of everything that's already exists that's in place for how that is done and conducted uh, you know, around the privacy and civil liberties, around everything, responsibilities, compliance, everything we have around that data still exists. Um, it's just the volumes of that, right? And some of how that work is done will evolve with some of the technologies. But for me, the data strategy, and you'll probably see also in there, there's the line about all data. So again, mission and, and business data. We will, everything that we're doing uh, from a data, the data interoperability, data standards, all of the work that you see addressed in the strategy is, and everything we're putting into place is really uh, what I would consider int, uh, mission, uh, classification, whatever, agnostic, right? Because it will, we do this work today. We're not changing the work that we do today, but we're trying to figure out how to get it done <laughs> in a way that uh, keeps pace with the the rest of the, the digital and data innovation that's going on. So we will still follow everything we follow today, but the criticality of that data is as critical as any data that we would collect or any data that we access or have access to. And we treat it in the same way against our, our, our values and our laws and everything else we do. But the, 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 the point that I think is critical that we've got to really get behind with the strategy in the next two years here is the fact that, Whatever, if if we invest to collect the data, get the data, then we need to make sure that we're using the data, that the data is discoverable right. and that we are treating that data um, the same way across every type of data and, and where we're, you know, that we follow that all the way through is going to be the critical piece because being able to then and he's, the title of the, the strategy, right, is unlock that mission value at speed and scale uh, is going to be important. So we have to be able to uh, uh, understand what that looks like in a way that's different than we've had in the past. And and and, all, and not only that 
it's the volumes of data, but that we have capabilities and these technologies um, that we can do things with the data that we've not been able to do in the past. And, and by, what I mean by that is, you know, how do we, how do we actually get the best uh, value and use of that data to all the people who need it to be able to make decisions and then ultimately uh, up to the decision makers, right? Sure thing. That, that, that's interesting, actually, when you start talking about discoverability and particularly, the, you know, as the ultimate use of data is to make decisions. Um, what do you see as the importance of uh, explainability and, and even traceability associated with uh, the use of data when, when the U.S. intelligence community selects data analysis tools, you know, whether AI, ML, or, or even, you know, standard off-the-shelf things also? Well, I mean, to me, again, um, I... I try not to focus like this, the data centric view of that yeah. focuses on the data, not the, the tools and the technology. Sure. Um, and I focus on the policy and, you know, uh, you know, the standards and the things that we need to do to the data. And then it's really agnostic to the tools. Um, and that's probably, that's a shift because I know a lot of people like to talk about the tools and there's a lot of talk right now about the, the AI, you know, the hype around that. Um, and I'm trying to get people to see, well, the critical path to that is actually having data, like quality data, right? And so yeah. once you have the quality data and it's discoverable and accessible, and if you've done that and you've tagged and labeled that data, it keeps its provenance and lineage all the way through. We'll actually be able to, and, and today, right, we have a huge responsibility and the our analytic um uh, tradecraft and standards is really about being explainability and traceability is already done, right? That's a critical thing. The volumes and the speed at which we need to do that is why it's so important to get the the data management built in up front so that we can actually have the machine to machine aspect to be able to then have that traceability and explainability all the way through. So I'm agnostic. The work I'm doing is to be able to get the data into a place where it can do all that uh, and it's agnostic to the tools and understanding that to be able to use a, any AI, you know, AI, to do AI, to build AI models, to train those models, to um, test and evaluate the models and then to actually operationalize them, uh, you have to have quality data and a lot of it. <laughs> and so sure. I'm focused on that aspect of it. Uh, and then the tooling, I'm agnostic to, right? Certainly, certainly. So um, to, to also something you alluded to earlier is about the important relationship with organizations such as you know, IARPA, various S&T organizations inside the intelligence community. Um, what, what do you see as emerging hard technical challenges where there, there is potential opportunity uh, for both support, whether it's from private sector, whether it's from other kinds of organizations, uh, that that want to help with the intelligence community mission. Well, I mean that's exactly the 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 session I just had out in um, out in Austin for this uh, future now series. We brought all of of the major organizations together from IARPA, from uh, ST, um, the Augmenting Intelligence the Machines group. They were all participants in that. And the companies and the academic uh, institutions that we brought together were all part of that to sit and talk really about how from, from AI to the next evolution of the internet uh, to immersive technologies, what is the national security impact on that? And we're actually from that are building a strategy, the intelligence community strategy for 
what uh, the, for the intelligence community strategy for the for immersive technologies, and that includes the critical component pathway that includes AI and other things as we go forward. Uh, that's important, but another part a part of that that I think also addresses some of the workforce uh, part of we were talking about is we're working with IARPA and uh, SNT and others uh, on this new program that the uh, that the DNI is rolling out. And we're going to be a pilot uh, for it, a data pilot, if you will, uh, for what's called the uh, the Private Public Talent Exchange Program, mm. PPTE, and that's going to be a great opportunity to use organizations that already have relationship with IARPA, uh, a lot of the emerging tech areas that the S and T community has identified as priorities, and then how do we bring uh, that into to bear on what I refer to as mission sprints. So taking real mission challenges and bringing those those communities together and then doing a talent exchange where we actually have, we send people, you know, officers out to work uh, in the private sector on this and bring those in in a different way, but on, in a very defined amount of time um, and across all all levels, right? All security levels, um, so that we can better integrate the the research and the science and tech communities into the the real now kind of I call it data now, mission now, right? Uh, aspect. So we're actually putting together programs uh, to do just that. Sure thing. Thank you. So, uh, Lori, I've enjoyed speaking with you. I've gone through all the questions I had on my list, and, and thank you for your time. Is there anything that you would like me to ask you um, as we wrap up? No, I, I think, you know, I just would, one thing I haven't really touched on, and I think it's uh, something that you probably saw uh, in the strategy itself is the, the data strategy, it was built with an eye for the future, but grounded in the realities of today. That's why a lot of people have asked me, why does the strategy only go to 2025? And if you notice, it's a very uh, concise document, a uh, very short document, a uh, very focused document. Uh, we've already started. In fact, we're in the second quarter of the uh, IC-wide. We have every CDO at every IC element. Uh, working on the action plan that we jointly put together. We're in this, we're finishing the second quarter of those actions related to the strategy that they're already doing within each of their agencies that their agency heads signed off on. So it's a very action oriented focused strategy that we're already implementing. The other aspect is I stood up a data future group to be looking at what is 26 and out look like. So what are those trends? Everything I've just talked about from the lessons we're learning from working across those communities, uh, working with the private sector, what does the 26 and out strategy need to look like? So I have a data future group that just, that stood up recently uh, that's, that's gonna be looking at that. So that was the only thing I don't think we kind of touched on is the, the, the implementation and execution of this strategy. There's a one-year action plan There'll be a second one-year action plan for the next year, but then we're not stopping there. We actually have a group focused on what does it look like uh, going forward. Great. 
Well, well, thank you for explaining that. And thank you for laying it out. Actually, it's a very good point too. How, how's the rubber going to meet the road also with these, yes, these, these exactly. plants? That's Excellent. Right. Okay. So I'll, I'll wrap this up and start the summary. Um, thank you, Ms. Lori Wade, for joining me today. Uh, please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. And Lori, thank you again for your time. Okay. Thank you.